Hey, we appreciate it. And we're back with episode 23 of We Just Talking Today. It's just myself and Isaiah. Isaiah, how you doing today? Pretty good, man. Pretty good. Just, you know, taking in, taking in another weekend, relaxing, getting a bunch of crap done around the house and rewatching old, old wrestling Monday Night Raws. That's all I got going at the moment. Man, I've been, I've been seeing a lot of old school, like WWE videos and really all old school wrestling. And I know you wanted to talk about the best WWE botches of all time. We can expand that and go outside of WWE because to me, one of my favorite botches to watch, which is very hard to watch, has and will always be Sid Vicious coming off the top rope, <laughs> giving a big boot to Big Papa Pump Scott Steiner and snapping his leg in half. <laughs> it's more of an injury than a botch, but he, he fucked up the move, homie. He, he's oh, supposed no, to come yeah. down and land perfectly, and homie landed and... And snapped everything in his <laughs> knee at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of him, too. It's just crazy. Yeah. Sid Vicious, he was him Never. for a little bit, and yeah, that was it for him. Just rocking the blue jeans, roided <laughs> out of his goddamn mind. Neck veins upon neck veins upon neck veins. Just didn't know what the hell to do. Yeah, that was yeah, that one was bad. Let's. Talk, I mean, even in promos, even in uh, promos in the ring. I mean, one of my favorites. I think you and I were watching it together, and we paused it. And we were like, no fucking way. It was whenever Randy Orton forgot his line and looked at Sheamus and said, what's my line? <laughs> On live TV. <laughs> what's my line? What's my line? And he, he and Sheamus had to tell him what the fuck he was supposed to say. He, he even dropped the mic to the side and was cool. kind of like like uh, uh, not trying to get it to pick up. He said, he said uh, I know something, something. And then just dropped it. What's my line? <laughs> Which line? Didn't remember a goddamn uh, yeah. thing he was and then to the, say. Well, and the crazy thing is, is the line was just, the big show is mine tonight. That was it. And homie <laughs> got out there and froze up. He was probably, I ain't even gonna lie, bro. Knowing Randy Orton, he, he's not like anymore. He's not about popping pain pills or anything like that. So he's probably, he was probably, he was probably high just, as a giraffe ass. He was <laughs> got just out on there and, level. Yeah, got out there and his uh his short term memory just disappeared. <laughs> and he said the first part, and it just he was like, oh, uh, uh, wait, where am I? At? What what city? One one of a bro a botch that is recent, very recent, and mm-hmm. it's super funny. And I almost pissed myself watching it. Was this year in WrestleMania? I'm not as big of a wrestling fan as I used to be, but. The bigger shows, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, things mm-hmm. like that, I'll still watch because I have Peacock, right? So why not? Mm-hmm. Just I, I can get it, right? So yeah. I'm watching, and Snoop Dogg is the host, and him and The Miz are in the ring, and Snoop Dogg is doing his Snoop Deal Double G, and out comes one Shane McMahon to the mm-hmm. ring for a match against The Miz, and he gets in the ring. Get grabs the mic. He says, "What up?" to wherever they were. I forgot. And him and the Miz start their match, and he throws Miz against the ropes. He mm-hmm. goes to the ground, makes Miz jump over him, and then when he hops up to to jump over him, leapfrog over him, his knee or quad blows out, and you can see it kind of tweak. And then he stands up, 
trying to <laughs> trying to be like, oh no, I think I'm good. And then it snapped again and then he just leaned over. And it was just it's funny <laughs> as hell. Cause it's that that like Shaman Man can never live that down because it we're talking WrestleMania. So you have hundreds of thousands of people on location. They're right there in front of you. The biggest yeah. show of the year and millions of people watching. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about as soon as it happened, I went to Twitter and everybody was like, what the hell God. just happened? Did he just God break damn. his leg? His, somebody <laughs> said his knee, his knees, are, his knee ligaments is like that RB roast beef me. <laughs> <laughs> just shredded it, bro. Just shredded it, bro. Yeah, it's just like uh, talking about people blowing out knees or quads when they botched the Royal Rumble finish. Oh, God. Vince McMahon tried to run in the ring and blew out both his quads. And had to talk about the match. I was just sitting down at the edge of the fucking ring. That's a strong ass old man. Just thinking about if I catch a cramp in my quad, it's a, it's a wrap. You're like, he ah! was, yeah, yeah. He stayed in character and was like, restart the damn match. Restart it right now. Yeah. God damn it. Oh, just restart it or you're fired. And they they damn sure redid it. And in, in the background, you can see him getting carried out because <laughs> they blew both of his quads out crazy of the ring man not some, only that, some, somebody oh, explained it too no no somebody explained it too because they, they were like how is it because he's just so strong or what happened they said you got to think about it these shows are three sometimes four hour long shows yeah vince starts he goes into production in the gorilla position about four and a half to five hours before the like or like that's how long so he's there sitting down for about four and a half to five hours yeah only getting up for a quick piss break yup and he has to come out in character and he jumps to try to get in the ring without stretching without warming up without anything for about five hours and at the time i believe he was 68 or 70 Good lord, them things was waiting to go. Yeah, and not only that, you see both of his quads they hit the edge of the ring, so he had no power. That's how he blew. (laughs) You're like, oh, he did this shit on the jump. It wasn't even whatever they hit up against the ring. I think what made it worse too is because he started walking, and he kept getting pissed, more pissed off as he was going to the ring. So he hit the slight jog, (laughs) then threw the jacket, and then you just see. They the motherfucker snap on the jump, both of them. He's like, Rah! he tries to stand <laughs> up. <laughs> just fucking fell down. There's some, bro. There's some bad ones. Any anybody that's listening, go to YouTube and just go or just look up some some wrestling botches because yeah. I've seen the Bella Twins when they came back or whatever after Brie had her her daughter, mm-hmm. and they tried to dive, do a suicide dive, and. I guess the ropes caught Bree's legs or feet or something, and she just face planted into the ground. Yeah. And the re- whoever she was wrestling had to kind of sell it like she actually hit her. But the camera is right there, so you can't even like play it off. I think that's what makes botches like re- in in ring botches the worst is because you can't even fake it. Yeah, because uh, there's so many damn cameras now. Back in the day, they had maybe two cameras, two one hard cam and then a backup camera. Now there's like eight cameras at every angle 
you can't uh, you remember when we were watching uh we were watching wrestlemania in like 2012 the first john cena and the rack the rock match right yeah and you, you can hear ddt you, you want to <laughs> do a ddt you couldn't pick up on that shit back in the day because there was only two or three cameras so they uh, they had and they weren't as close so it was a lot easier for the wrestlers to talk yeah. bro we're, it, back in 2012 you want to do a ddt and and yeah. fucking did it. Oh my god. That's what made yeah. it even better. Yeah. John Cena didn't even scrap it. He was like, no, fuck it. We're gonna do this DDT. Yeah, we wanna do know it. Yeah, yeah. This 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 hot mic picked up you saying it. <laughs> let's let's keep it going. Let's 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 ride the wave. Not only not only that, one of one of my favorites too was uh when Goldberg was just out of shape and everybody knew his ass couldn't wrestle. Was whenever he wrestled the Undertaker and he botched the jackhammer and almost broke fucking the Undertaker's <laughs> neck. Yeah, I I was watching that too, obviously, and <laughs> everyone on Twitter, which is the place to go when something crazy happens. You yeah. know, but whenever it happened, everybody was just they started calling him uh, Botchberg, Gilberg, uh, Blueberg, all this stuff, and I tweeted out that was a hell of a brain buster. I was like, hey, bro, he. But no, nah, you're right. He was out of shape, and he was concussed. Cause, yeah. um, cause remember Goldberg had to be in character, and he used to smash his face against the wall and lockers and all that shit. Yeah. And then he also smashed his face against the ring post too. And yeah, he was concussed, out of shape. He's older than fuck. Undertaker's older than fuck. And y'all are in Saudi Arabia. It's hot, hotter than fucking shit. And yeah, yeah you get brain busted. Just <laughs> they said they hydrated as fuck. <laughs> They said they got into it afterwards. Said, uh, yeah. Undertaker said when he got brain busted, he thought he was paralyzed. He couldn't like he couldn't move his hands and stuff for for a little bit. So he was mad as shit and he went back there and freaked out. And yeah. yeah. And then a couple I months later, too, Goldberg uh, got on the juice and won the WWE yeah. title. Yeah. <laughs> of of course. Yeah. Es- especially Within nostalgia angles that they run, like some people just can't move like they used to. Even even the Undertaker, I watched his little docu series, that couple part docu series about you know his last like couple years in the company before he really called it quits. And uh, yeah, bro, he says like I I can't fucking move. Like there's some things I can't do anymore, but I'm still gonna do it because I'm doing it for my fans. You're like no, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, people try to say, like, "Oh, well, you know, it's what they love to do." And yeah, it's. I mean, that, I guess, that, but that's fine. Oh, be... oh no, no, go, go ahead. ahead, go ahead. No, 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 no. I, I, it just popped into my head. There's two more, two botches that are to me very, very crazy. They're, I mean, I'm looking at a bunch of gift botches, but the oh, two that yeah. stand out. There's one when Matt Hardy used to wrestle by. Uh, Matt Hardy version one way back in the day on SmackDown. And yeah. he used to, in his entrance, he used to get in the ring and he would put one foot on the middle rope, one foot on the bottom rope, and he would kind of bounce and be like, yeah. And yeah. he flipped over the ropes. It flipped over the ropes <laughs> outside in, in the entrance. That one. <laughs> and then do you remember? I think we were watching this one too. It was mm-hmm. back when the shield was this, at the height of their power and they, they yeah. used to come through the crowd. Yeah. And um, I think Roman jumped over the barricade. Dean Ambrose jumped over the barricade. Seth and Rollins, Seth Rollins his trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, his that and then it, another one just popped into my head. 
uh, after WrestleMania, the one with Rock and Cena, whenever the Jericho and CM Punk, when Jericho yeah. poured the, the jack on him, and he was like, yeah, come on, Punk! And then he slipped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he fucking in the, on the outside of the ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he slipped, and, and then you, you see him get hot because he was like, damn it, I just slipped. But he's... Yeah, yeah, he started nah, hitting bro. the shit out of CM Punk. Yeah, it's oh, like, nah, yeah, bro, the... you, you really did fall, bro. You oh, good. my God. The, ti- the, the Titus O'Neil run into the ring, for sure. <sighs> That's the GOAT, probably. That, yeah, that might. The Royal that has to be. Yeah, that has to be the GOAT, because. <laughs> <laughs> that nigga went all the way under the map. I, Not even a little bit, a lot of it. He just... <laughs> yeah, legend has it that he's still falling and sliding under the ring. Because yep. he has, I don't think he's wrestled a match since then. Probably not. They probably fired it. Well, I know that. So I follow WrestleMania.com about like all the old school stuff on uh, YouTube. And they said that whenever, I forgot what it was, somebody was walking out, like they were retiring or something. And Titus was just like in street clothes. And he like grabbed Vince's arm to like, you know, joke with him or something and vince got pissed and he fired him that night yeah so here's the here's the story on that obviously i way too much of a nerd on wrestling so it was when daniel bryan had to retire because of his his neck and him daniel bryan and brie went to the top of the like the entrance ramp where all the wrestlers were and they were leading the yes 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 Uh shit and they went to leave well vince was trying to walk off and titus grabbed him because he was like ladies first, like let Stephanie and Brie go first, and oh, yeah. Vince, you could see his knee was like get your fucking hands off me, you motherfucker. Yeah, he, he, he pulled it away. He pulled his hand away. <laughs> <laughs> he he pushed, pulled his hand away and like pushed him. Was like get your fucking hands off me, motherfucker. And then yeah. yeah, he went to the back and fired him. And then it took like Triple H and a couple other people to be like, hey, buddy, like yeah, maybe you shouldn't fire him right now because yeah. you're pissed about it. Is you should put his fucking hands on me, motherfucker. But yeah. yeah he, <laughs> Yeah, he was he was hot about that, and he oh, ended up getting a job. Now he's just like an international ambassador of yeah. some stuff. I just mean, he he's yeah he he does a bunch of stuff outside of the company, but as far as wrestling, him sliding in under the ring, that's probably the end for Titus. So yeah, yeah man, yeah. I, I think he had his he had his horror horror horror. That was yeah. about it. Man, I think I think that's probably my best one. I know that there's one that I'm missing. There's oh, probably a <laughs> no, 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 no. The best, one of the best ones is with Brock missed his, uh, his fucking his gainer off the top rope when he was, oh the shooting star press and yeah. landed on his forehead. Yeah, when he was younger. Yeah, <laughs> he fucking <laughs> missed so bad. They said they said because of how swole or big his traps were is because that's why he didn't end up breaking his neck and he just got a concussion. So, all of you kids out there listening, remember. Steroids can save your life too. Get your traps up, okay? Get your <laughs> trap game up, because if not for your trap game, you might break your neck in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But those are probably some of my best botches that I can remember, at least off the top of my head. The yeah, you <laughs> there's there's a, there's a quite a bit of uh, botches that happen in AEW. As of as of now, I watch AEW a lot more than I watch WWE shit <clears throat> just because AEW is more old school style wrestling, like the attitude era and ruthless aggression era. So mm-hmm. it's more 
it's not set up for kids like WWE is now. Yeah. It's more of an adult, teenage to adult product. Mm-hmm. And but because they're a newer show and they have people who haven't wrestled at that a lot of people who haven't wrestled at that level and been in front of crowds or anything, and they do a bunch of crazy shit, they mm-hmm. botch a lot. <laughs> And yeah, yeah, when they botch, it's bad. And Mm. some of them are like, I've seen a a girl kick another girl just in the face and Mm. like hard. And, you know, they're supposed to stop like right in front and kind of kick their hands. But Mm -hmm. she kicked all the way through because when she was kicking, her left foot slid. So she had she didn't have any balance to be able to stop. So she kicked all the way through that chick's face. Oh, good. Oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They're. There, but again, uh, it's a it's a solid show compared to like older wrestling. I'm not gonna say like old old school, not back in the Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, um, mm-hmm. those those days. But it is a lot closer to like maybe '97 through 2002, 2003 oh, era of yeah. Raw and SmackDown. It's about that. And they have a bunch of they have a bunch of people that everyone would know, like Jericho's there, uh, Dean Ambrose, who now goes by John Moxley, he's there. Um, uh, no. Jake Snake Roberts is there. Art Anderson or Arn Anderson is there. Uh, Rusev, he's there. Yeah. Um, Samoa Joe, yeah, yeah, Soraya, um, formerly known by Paige. Please don't look that up on the internet because you may see some videos that you don't want to show your kids. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah it's a <laughs> it is it's a bunch of them, but it it is a cool show. Like I said, it comes on Wednesdays on TBS. Uh, which before it was on TBS, I forgot TBS was even a network anymore. Um, it used to be on TNT, but they might, yeah, they yeah. probably switched it. They, well, they had to because of NBA games and um, really because, yeah, fuck that. They had to switch it because, I mean, viewership isn't like it was when we were younger. Everything yeah. back in the day was like 1.6 million people and stuff. Now you're lucky. Or I said one point. They were like 3.65 mill uh viewers back in the day and that was like an average Mm -hmm. uh viewer per week on like monday night raw monday night nitro and stuff now if you get over one mil you're that's a great show i think aw is yeah aw is consistently like eight hundred thousand nine hundred, and i think raw and smackdown are like 1.1 million so shit's changed shit's changed but bro we was talking about this kind of in our group chat earlier this week Obviously, your brother's not here, so it's just you and I. But mm-hmm. everyone, well, not answer everyone, but I know we have had to deal with this. What are some of your struggle meals, bro? Oh, man. Ramen noodles, hot cheat cheese all day, every day, twice on Sundays. Ramen noodles. What, what flavor? Beef. Got to be the beef ramen noodles. Drain a little bit of the water out. That way it's still able to mix in with the pack. You know, you still get a little bit of the of the dampness of the ramen noodle. You throw the hot Cheetos in there. It's perfect. It's perfect. That's a that's a San Antonio creation. That's the first time I ever did it as a kid. Uh, definitely that one throwback struggle meal that I made whenever I went over to your house way back in the day, about 13 years ago. We had 30 Kraft American singles. We had one <laughs> can of Rotel. And we had chips. <laughs> Nigga, we made nachos. I don't know what you're talking about. In a and big I, ass bowl in a microwave. Yeah, the country crock butter. <laughs> <laughs> Put it in the old tub. 
had to individually unwrap every single craft single and stack it on top of each other. I put that shit in the microwave for five minutes. I had perfect, I had perfect nachos. The shit was busting too. I, I was think, really uh, surprised that it came out that good. It really did. Like, I remember, I remember the first like whenever I tried it, I was like, "Damn, bro! Like this shit tastes like the real shit." I was like, "I don't know, man. It tastes like that Velveeta." I was like, I just put something together, you know. I felt like I felt like a god after that. I'm like, I could do I could do no harm in the kitchen. Man. Oh man. There's, there's a couple things that I used to and I still will get get like a a little hunkering or or craving for it. For instance, like <clears throat> I don't have them, I don't keep them in the house no more. But bro, I, I remember like we go grocery shopping, get a bunch, we come up, uh, we go up to Crest or some grocery store and obviously being from the country. Hey, there's not, you know what I'm saying, not too many besides Kinnamans. There wasn't a lot of places that we would get a bunch of groceries from. So we would stock up, and that shit was supposed to last us for about 30 days. Uh, yeah. We would still we would still be able to go to, like, Kinnamans and grab certain stuff, but the sales weren't the same. So <clears throat> once we started getting to the end of that, end of them cabinets, bro, shit started getting a little rough. So, bro, yeah. I would warm up. I would grab about two honey buns and put them on a little plate. And I put them in for about 15 minutes, get a little butter, put it on top of it, let that butter melt, not knock that hole out. And it, it was like I was eating at a great restaurant. I felt I felt bougie. <laughs> it was a very good poverty meal. Oh, and yeah. I just loved it. I, I loved it. Either that or, I mean, really just old reliable. <laughs> I go in there and get the butts of the bun or the bread. Mm-hmm. Throw on, you know what I'm saying? Maybe a piece of ham or some turkey that we got in there. You know what I'm saying? Get get maybe, depending on what we got, maybe some mustard. Maybe grab a couple pickles. Drop the pickles on there. And that was really it. Or I would, or sometimes I would do that. I would toast the buns. <clears throat> I would make a sandwich. And then I would get some, uh, what the heck? I know it was like Thousand Island and then something else. I forgot what it is right now. Damn. Uh, and you would just mix it, and it would turn it a little. It, it honestly, it tastes like Chick Fil A sauce. Ooh. So low key Chick Fil A, y'all might want to come see secret. me. Yeah, <laughs> y'all might want to come see me, G, because it's either Chick Fil A sauce or cane sauce. I can't remember. It might be cane sauce though. Yeah, a little bit of Thousand Island, like I think it's Miracle Whip or Mayo. It might. I just don't remember. Because the first time I I had it, like. The first time I had it, I had I was at DJ uh, eating my homeboy's house, and mm. we were out there, and, and he we like you know what I'm saying we was out there, we was playing, we were video gaming. I got hungry. He was like, "Bro, we live like 45 minutes away from town, like we're not going nowhere." And I'm like, "Bro, I'm hungry." And he called it DJ's secret uh, poverty sandwich, and <laughs> that shit was busting, bro. I go, I went home after that. And I was, my mom was like, "Hey, we about to go get something." I was like, "Nah, we got some bread and some some lunch meat in the the kitchen." Yeah, we got some thousand thousand island. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I know what time I mean. it is. I don't even trip. Yeah, yeah. You ain't got to worry about me. And I used to put <clears throat> tuna. I used to try to make ramen noodles stretch. I'd put tuna in there. If that's all he has, a little bit of tuna, Louisiana hot sauce, and some Fritos. Mix that shit up. Don't don't knock it till you try it. That's all I'm gonna say. Don't knock it till yeah. you try it. <laughs> one one of our listeners hit me up and told me uh, one of their struggle meals because uh, they text me whenever I was at the gym. And they said they would get some buttered buttered bread, I think, and then put mm-hmm. sprinkle a little bit of cinnamon on it and knock that shit out. 
And I was like, man, that's like a, a oh, low-key yeah. poverty cinnamon roll. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one of my favorites, man. If we didn't have no cereal, but we had a Jiffy Mix box of cornbread. We make cornbread, sweet cornbread, put a little sugar in the batch, mix it, break off the cornbread, uh, put a little bit of cinnamon in the milk, and it'd be like we're eating like cereal. Not quite like oh, okay. cereal, but almost feel, cereal. I, yeah, I know what you're saying. I know what she's. I mean, I, when you when you ain't got a choice and it's either life or death, bro, you get creative. That's what I'd be yeah. telling people now. I'd be telling my nephews and my kids and stuff. I'm like, bro, <clears throat> y'all got this luxury life and shit where you can, you know, saying, oh, we want Chick Fil A. Okay, cool. Oh, you know, I'll just make a sandwich or I'll just go in there and warm something up. Okay, cool. Back in the day, boy, whenever <laughs> you get to about seventeenth, eighteenth of the month, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you ain't got shit in here. Bro, I was eating Vienna sauce, like the little Vienna sausages, all kinds of shit. Get some crackers and get it and just make a sandwich with the crackers and the Vienna sausage and bust off on them paws. But you know what I'm saying? Whatever I had to do. But the the sardines with crackers, it was like it up the whole house. They had to be Louisiana hot sauce sardines. Yeah. Yeah. If it wasn't for those, bro, them things was like. They were like 89 cents. I went to the store, $3 and came out with a meal. Facts. <laughs> Circa Facts. 2010. That was that was easy money. Or we would have to buy the fucking the chips, the always save chips. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if those are still around. I am I mean, they I'm sure they are. I just haven't paid attention to them. No, now that we have good jobs and shit, we money, make good yeah. money. Yeah, we don't worry Come about off. those. Them motherfucking chips tasted like cardboard and shit. Yeah, fucking <laughs> sherf, the Sherfine sodas that had a pound of sugar in them. Ugh. Yeah, it was just sugar water and uh, sugar water and and uh, coloring. Little, that was about it. Yeah, a little bit of flavor. Just <laughs> a little bit of flavor. Them don't Sherfine let that shit be open. Yeah, don't oh let them pose be open for too long because yeah, you losing everything at that point. It's just water, poison, yeah. really. <laughs> dehydrate so fast oh my god dude those the always save got me with the chips because whenever we worked at kinemans i remember just seeing those and i'm like i know that that is not good that ugly ass yellow label with the (laughs) the only reason why you knew they were sour cream and onion is because the the middle square was green man yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) that was it them shits was I remember, uh, remember we worked at Kenneman's, and for all of y'all listening, me and Isaiah worked at this grocery store in our uh, in in hometown. And the grocery store technically doesn't exist anymore. It's like they sold it, so it's called Williams now. So if you're from Chandler and you're listening, and you go to Williams. Just remember, Isaiah and I used to work there, right? Mm-hmm. We were stuffing it out back there, but but you know what I'm saying. Back in the day, whenever you you would do the truck and get your inventory in and shit, if stuff was like opened or they ordered too much of stuff, the owner or his son, um, who if he's listening, fuck you. But um, they would let us eat. They would let us eat the stuff. Like they would just put it in the back, and you know what I'm saying. We would just go back there and really just not knock that shit out. Or okay. well, maybe we wasn't supposed to, but we was. Fuck you gonna do about it now? But um, <laughs> statue yeah, of limitations. We're yeah. scot free. <laughs> yeah. So, but I I remember uh, <laughs> I remember I went back there one day where Sunshine's uh, stations was, and uh, we was playing catch with the football, and he was like, "Yeah, man, there's some chips over there if you want them." And I went over. I was like, I was hungry because you know what I'm saying. That's back when minimum wage was was everyday life, and if a motherfucker oh. didn't tip me and shit, I probably wasn't gonna eat 
good that day. I was going to eat some noodles or, you know what I'm saying? Who knows what else I was going to have to concoct. Uh, but I, I remember opening that bag and I bit into one of them chips and it was, it was bad. It was, it was, I was, I, this is how, and I'm still this way. If I turn down food, it's fucking nasty. It is nasty. <laughs> I, I remember like gra- grabbing a little handful, you know, putting a couple in my mouth and chewing into it. And I was like, uh-uh, nah, I'm good, sunshine. I'm about this motherfucker. Like, you man, sure, man? Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, yeah, positive. Shit. Positive. People listening, they don't understand, Isaiah. I've, I've told a couple people stories like this. Like, <laughs> and again, Statue of Limitations is up. And we, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say we was bad, but uh, you take it however you want to. I don't give a fuck. Y'all can listen to it. So on lunch breaks, on closing nights, whenever the boss and his son left and they would leave us with Dave or Roy, who definitely didn't give a fuck. Oh, hell, I'm just trying to get back and watch my shows. Him, bro, I would go into the, uh, what the hell was it called? Not the deli, but the, uh, what the fuck was it called? No, it was a deli. Yeah, 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 it was a deli. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the deli used to have, y'all listeners, the deli used to have food like chicken strips, chicken fried fish all ribs brisket mashed potatoes it used to be the spot right people would come in and get a, a lunch or whatever i would go over there i would fill one of them plastic tub thingies up with chicken strips and the potato wedges and get about four or five ranches to the point to where i can barely close that damn box and i, I would have wrap to wrap it in box. <laughs> saran <laughs> wrap yeah <laughs> right and I would put it on the scale after they taught me how to how to uh, weigh it and how to get the price. Bro, I'd put a grape on the scale, <laughs> ping it out, and go up to the register and ring that shit up myself and pay 15 cents for <laughs> for some shit to feed me for about two or three days. Yeah. Yeah. Not Struggling. only that, but we had some people that would hook us up just depending on who worked there. Oh, you want you want the catfish dinner? Yeah. You make it heavy? Yeah. <laughs> we 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 pay four dollars for seven fucking catfish strips, uh, eighteen hush puppies, <laughs> a pound of mashed potatoes, and some French fries <laughs> or some wedges. But you That's- you know you know uh, sorry to cut you off, but you know it's been what about eleven years to the yeah. day when mm-hmm. we stopped. Because and the only reason I bring that up is because I remember on your last day at the time we were living together in a little shack in Chandler. I went to pick you up because I think I had no, I didn't have no car at that time. But I remember I came to get you. Mm-hmm. I think with my mom, we came and picked you up or some shit. And I remember walking in there and we walked into the deli and was like, hey, this is it. Like I've already, I'm already up out of here. This is Isaiah's last day. And yep. I'm not gonna mention no names. It was like, get whatever y'all want. Yep. <laughs> so we, filled, we filled up about four, five of the mugs and walked up out of there. I was like, man, we ain't, gonna, we ain't gonna have a job for about a month, man. This will feed us for a couple of days for sure. Yeah, was, man. See, and y'all, people listening, y'all don't understand. From leaving the hometown, small town life bullshit to moving out to Oklahoma City, there was from about June of 2012 until we moved up here July 2nd, I believe. Yeah. 2012 so about the, a month you and i were living off of our tax return which yep. all, we had all the bills paid and shit isaiah and me didn't do shit for that month besides yep. watch nba basketball yep. watch 
watch movies and all kinds of shit during the day. We literally for a month got to do whatever we wanted to. And yeah. low key, that was probably the funnest time I've had in forever. Yeah. The, the, and what's sad is we went about eight years before, at least I had to experience that again. Um, you working at Dell, it might have been a little different, but whenever I got furloughed from Hobby Lobby and I got the unemployment money and I got the the tax relief money, I was making more money sitting on my ass than going to work. I couldn't tell you how many bottles of wine I went through, Man. how many series I watched. I didn't do a damn thing. I didn't go outside for six days at one point. I'd, I would just make sure my car was still there. That's all I needed to do. <laughs> I would I go start it. I would go start it just to be, even though it ran fine at the time, I just went and started it just to be like, okay, everything's fine. And then I'd walk right back upstairs and not leave. <laughs> nobody came. I didn't want nobody over. I was in my own space. It was perfect. But that month, because we would still go places, we'd still hang out, we'd go to the pool, we'd go get snow cones, we'd just do whatever. I just bought the steak in Lincoln, everything. It was what a time. What a time to be alive. What a freaking time. I blew up a toilet. You blew it, you did <laughs> blow up a toilet with some water dynamite. Yep. And I remember saying on the video, what are we gonna do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But people people are like blowing up the toilet. So I used to my alter ego used to be black Stevo, so I would, I, I, hey, I'm Black Stevo, and Black Stevo had a few videos out. I ate a moth. Uh, I dove into a puddle of water filled with rocks. I drank a concoction of like old milk, protein, an Oreo, ranch, mustard, all kinds of shit. Yeah. Right. At one point, I was gonna let Isaiah kick me in the nuts, but I got too scared. <laughs> um, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. And uh, Black Stevo was like. I'm a I'm a flush this uh down the toilet and I'm gonna be like, hey, I'm I'm uh I just shit and I that's what it sounds like and I blew the side of the toilet. Yes. Water filled all over the bathroom floor. We had to use every towel that we owned to try to clean it up. Marlon spent forty five dollars on epoxy glue and everything else to try to put the toilet back together. Oh my goodness, man! And then it actually flushed, and it actually worked for a while. But we still had to tell the the uh, landlord what what we did, and he didn't even realize that we were moving out. <laughs> man, that was crazy. But uh, nah, overall, man, what a what a crazy event, especially with that happening. <laughs> I just can't believe that uh, you spent all that that money on that shit. That also reminds me too of, you know, a lot, a lot simpler times that we kind of went through, like all the fun stuff that we did when uh, one of our friends ripped off my toenail because we were playing wall ball in the house. And I was the only one, no, he was the only one with shoes still on. And he didn't catch the ball and I was going to go fire it at him. And he planted on my left toenail and ripped my toenail off. So basically, uh, that was, yeah, that was that was very painful, uh, to say the least. Yeah, I I remember because that same summer, uh, at alumni, I tried to do that double backflip off on the trampoline and landed on my neck, and then oh, got up yeah. and then tried to do another one, and my feet hit on the springs and I flew off 
And I was you, like, don't motherfuckers catch me. You you flew off the same way that you were reaching for something was the same way that Peter Parker was reaching for that ring in Spider-Man 3. Man, I just, just I just needed somebody to save me. Cause I I knew once I was in the air and I was like, oh shit. Cause I remember looking and I was like, ain't nothing over here except for hard ground. <laughs> and I'm high in the air. Yep. And I'm like, help me. <laughs> yeah, good, good times. Yeah. Uh, other other things I remember we used to do, and this this comes from like like old school restaurants and stuff that I went to, and I'll start with like Jack's in Chandler. Mm-hmm. People know it as on cue now. Fuck that. It will forever be Jack's. Yeah. Around seven o'clock seven o'clock any day on Jack's. Everything's fifty percent off. You go in there and get three chicken strips for back in the day about four dollars. They load you up with like eighteen chicken strips, mm-hmm. two bags full of chicken strips, a bag full of ranch or honey mustard, whatever kind of dipping sauce you want. Mm-hmm. And we used to make it work. Yeah. We used to make it work. Every single time. Yeah. Now, let me get an order. The order ended up being an order supposed to be three for the people that don't know out here as far as the chicken strips or the rudges. And the order would end up being six or eight or ten. The bag would hurt your hand walking out of Jack's. Just <laughs> <laughs> grease and yeah. Yeah. The brown bag or then they changed the white bags. They would have, you know, little wet spots at the bottom and that wasn't anything but grease just seeping through the, the edges of the bag then going to taco mile right across the street the homie chad trip worked there for those of y'all who don't know chad trip might be he might go down as one of the greatest rappers who never made it chad <laughs> trip was he was in these streets you know what i'm saying and he worked he worked at taco mile easily from when i was about a freshman in high school up until like 2017 or 2018 so years. we're talking no, about I'm yeah <laughs> oh shit close to it and he, i don't know if he just had the fuck it attitude or if they he was instructed to at the end of the night some of the stuff that we already cooked it's going in the trash so i'm gonna hook the homies up a lot of the times on saturday night i would pull through the drive-thru like hey man can i get a grilled chicken mexicali cherry coke and i'd get up there and I'd have about five, six Mexicali burritos, three or four super burritos, eight deals of Locos, three cherry Cokes, all kinds of stuff. And this is back in the day whenever I was about 150 pounds soaking wet. <laughs> and I just could not gain weight at all. So. <laughs> oh, man. That dude always hooked it up. Always hooked it up. We, don't, we just don't get the same treatment that we do in the city. You really got to be a regular at a place, and I don't think any of us are regulars at any place now. For a while there, I was at the uh, at the Jimmy's Egg and more. I used to go every Saturday, but even then, you know, they still charge you. Yeah, you just don't get that that down home country hospitality up here. But hey, it's all good with me. It's always fun to reflect every now and again on some of the the poor people struggles that we used to have. We ain't got to worry about them no more. Yeah, those were definitely good times. Good freaking times. Um, so getting quickly before we, we wrap her up and knock her down for another week, we can talk quickly uh, to some sports. Mm-hmm. You've been paying attention to the finals? Um, it's been one of the most boring finals I've ever watched. 
Uh, <laughs> get, it, the, the Nuggets just look purely unstoppable. And it's sad because you know that Jimmy Butler is just tired. This man is just tired. Whenever you have a starter go 0 for 6 with three rebounds, four turnovers, and like three personal fouls, what what do you want this man to do? He can't take every shot. Jimmy Butler is tired, ladies and gentlemen. He's tired. Even when they went back in 2020, you can you can argue and say that team in 2020 was better, but they just didn't put it all together. If they would have had like another couple seasons together, they probably would have been all right. That and you lose two extremely important people off the bench due to injuries, bad injuries. And both of them, you lost them in the playoffs and you still made it to the finals. If there was like, uh, I would compare it the same way you would compare like an academic state champion. Like they should be the all effort NBA champions because that's just impressive in its own right. But Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic look too good, honestly. Aaron Gordon, what the, where the fuck is he coming from? He... (laughs) was exceedingly role player, kind of average run of the mill, gets you 15 points per game, you know, a couple rebounds, played about 26 to 30 minutes a night. Uh, Then all of a sudden he's had a 20-point game every week. What the hell is going on? And I honestly believe that it's because Miami does have absolutely no person – in the paint that can keep pace with having to guard both Jokic and him. So he gets favorable matchups. Kevin Love is basically 45 years old. He's almost <laughs> the age. He's almost the age of his Jersey number, which is 42 for the people that don't know. And Kevin Love plays about nine minutes a game. What is he going to do? And Kevin Love has never been known as a defender. He's just a great rebounder. <laughs> and then you got Bam Adebayo who has to guard Jokic. So who does that leave guarding Eric Gordon? Caleb Martin? Jimmy Butler gets tired because normally Jimmy Butler has to guard Jamal Murray. But then on the offensive end, Eric Gordon switches to Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is just tired, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody please help Jimmy Butler. He's tired. Like you said, he's got to do everything. Me, I haven't paid attention because I knew what was going to happen. It's one of those to where after game two, I was like, maybe I'll turn in, right? Like, maybe I'll tune in because they sold game two. That's exactly what happened to me. That's exactly what happened. I watched game three, and I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. (laughs) I I watched maybe the first quarter or second quarter in game three, and I was like, oh, no, never mind. They just – they they just got extremely hot from three and mm-hmm. hit a bunch of shots. That's literally all this was. They're not going to make this a series. I feel bad because I really I, – I like Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler is one of my favorite players in the league, um, but he's extremely outmatched. Uh, and you mentioned – you asked the question, where did Aaron Gordon come from? Um, mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, you can thank my Los Angeles Lakers uh, for allowing this man to uh, find his stroke. Um the Lakers in the playoffs had matchups where they were able to, I guess you could say, exploit people. They were able to take advantage of Dylan Brooks not being a scorer, Draymond Green not being a scorer, and they thought that Aaron Gordon was going to do the same. Now, what I was telling all of my other Laker friends were, nah, they'll just sub him out for Jeff Green, and if we let Jeff Green just shoot corner threes, they're going to fuck us up. 
which mm-hmm. to a certain extent they did. Uh, but then Aaron Gordon in the closeout game was like four or five from three, found his touch, was getting in the paint, dunking, doing all that. He, like you said, Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic get so much attention that he gets to do whatever he wants. He, it, him and KCP are almost the perfect cast for them because they're good enough to get buckets, but they're not good enough to demand the ball or attention away from Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray. So they're almost like a tear down, and that's perfect for them. Which is exactly what they need because whenever they're getting doubled or they can't, you know, they can't put up a shot, the backdoor cuts alone that those dudes get to finish at the rim or to be wide open from three just because of the attention that Jokic draws, I mean, there's a reason why he's able to get triple doubles. You still have to pass the ball. You still have to, you know, put your the your teammate in a good position to score. And that's a part of him getting tripped dubs. I mean, yeah, Jamal Murray will have like six or seven assists, but they also it's all within the flow of how they play basketball. Cause off the top of my head, dude, who is the fifth starter? Who's the other guy that starts? We named, um... we named four. Who's <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, Michael, uh, Michael Porter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's been the most underwhelming part of that entire that entire team. Even the people that come off that bench are more impressive than him. He just yeah, he's just there to hit occasional shots. And even with that, it, for the potential and the ceiling that he had coming into the league, and whenever he finally was healthy coming off injury, he had good moments. He had really good moments. But I think he, hey, no matter what, he's going to get his shots. Even if he only makes three of them. He'll go three for 13 for nine points. But damn it, he shot the ball, okay? He didn't give a shit. And for him and his size, you would think that he would want to drive the ball more. But I think it's it's polluting the paint, especially with the team where you got three people that are starting uh, that are over six seven. Right, pretty sure. To the Heat? Oh no, no, no! The oh, you are talking about the the Nuggets? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, I think Jamal. Well, so Jamal Murray, I think, is their shortest. KCP yeah. is listed at like six four, six five. Yeah. Uh, and then after that, yeah, Michael Porter is like six nine. Aaron Gordon's about six eight, six nine, and then Yoke, obviously, seven footer. Yeah. So you got three dudes that are over six six. Just size alone, dude, you, you should be able to get your ass in the post and go to work. Or like Jokic does, you know, free throw line, free throw line. He's all free throw line extended. He'll space the floor really well, hit a three. But if he's in the paint, you ain't fucking with him. I mean, that's – I don't know. You you want to know, and this this came up because uh, some punk-ass bitch got pulled up on me at the gym and was asking questions and shit, and I almost cussed him the fuck out. Now nah, I'm <laughs> fucking with you, but uh, he did definitely he, – he, I had a Lakers shirt on, and he was uh, – I had a Kobe shirt on, and he was like the 2016 or 17 Warriors would have swept him. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I'm just like, look, Jokic is killing the league because he takes people to the paint, and there's nothing you guys can do, and he can pass out of it, and he can score out of it, and he can do a little bit of everything. You guys yeah. wouldn't stop Shaq. People no. – this this AAU style basketball that we're watching that Steph Curry and LeBron James exceed at, where it's just run and gun, 
and there's no offensive flow. It's just all high pick and roll. There's no sets. There's no plays. There's no movement. There's no, nothing like that. We're not playing basketball the way it was in the early 2000s, maybe 2010s. We're just playing a run and gun style offense. Yep. That offense has and always will be susceptible to teams that can slow the ball down, row it to somewhere where they're getting a great high percentage shot that you can't stop. And yeah. everything works off of that. It's essentially the fucking triangle because you throw it to Yoke. You have KCP who can cut. There's a back cut. You have Michael Porter in, in a corner or on the wing. You have to rely on that. And then if he has nothing, he kicks it right back to the top to Jamal Murray. And then Jamal gets buckets. That is what the Lakers did in 0102. It was Shaq caught it. He would have either Ori or, yeah, Ori in the corner or the wing. Rick Fox would cut through. Derek Fisher's on the other side. Either Shaq's going to barbecue chicken you or he's going to kick it to Kobe and then Kobe's going to barbecue chicken you. That yep. style of offense where you get it somewhere to a place where he likes it and he there's nothing that you can do to stop him. You can only hope for him to miss. That yep. style of play will always beat. Well, I'm going to say always, but a high percentage will beat pick and roll and stuff. For anybody that's listening that doesn't agree with me, when you look at LeBron James's dominance, majority of his dominance has came against teams that try to get up and down, like the Golden State Warriors. When he played the Mavericks, who threw it to Dirk, similar to Jokic, he struggled. When you look at Steph Curry, who he struggled with in the playoffs a lot of the times, were more teams that just threw it down to a certain spot, the Toronto Raptors, to Kawhi, stuff like that. The uh, Lakers the Spurs, this year. Whatever the he Spurs. Was with the heat, yeah. Yeah, the Spurs, they they beat LeBron twice in the finals. Obviously, one when he was in Cleveland and stuff. When LeBron is playing against teams that get up and down like Golden State and they try to out-athlete, out-AAU him, he thrives. But yeah. he, like those style of teams, your LeBrons, your Currys, your James Hardens, they are all ineffective against teams like Jokic, which as me as a Laker fan, that's why it's so frustrating where you have one game of Anthony Davis and you see him go 32, 15, and 6. And then the next game, he goes 12 and 10. And then there's people that say, oh, you know, uh, it's just not like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, he'll get excuses. Jokic is being dominant doing this. Joel yeah. Embiid is being dominant doing what he's yes. doing. He will name Anthony Davis, Davis should, yeah. Anthony okay. Davis should be able to do that consistently. And if he's not, it's time for us to look at it and say he's either on a downward slope or he's just not and never will be someone who is a consistent ball player. Yeah, I think it's kind of the style of how the team is. It's that team has no true identity. They can rely a lot on talent, which is, you know, has worked for LeBron a lot in the East and for the bubble year of just relying on the talent that you have on your squad to make it, to get to the finals or to get into a deep playoff run. But eventually you there's no true identity of, of uh, all right, so we're going to do this, and this is how we're going to play, and this is what makes us successful, depending on the game. That, that's why, I mean, I know you're a Lakers fan, and I know this might come across different, but I've always watched the Lakers in the past couple of years that LeBron's been there as being, well, who, who's who's the guy tonight, especially this season. Yeah, no, you're, you know, I, you're spot on. Yeah, Rui was hot for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, Rui's minutes are cut. Austin Reeves was hot for a little bit, and then all of a sudden, he has 12 or 13 or then six points. AD, the inconsistency of his scoring. 
LeBron for a couple of games there against the uh, against the Grizzlies had twenty, but it was like he was a role player. Like he would only be aggressive at certain moments of the game. And and I mean, Father Time is undefeated, and he is going. You know, this is year twenty one essentially that he's about to come up on. He's played twenty years in the league, so you know maybe maybe he's you know slowing down a little bit. You know, things of that nature. But on that team, if you're not going to have a mindset and a mentality and a set, all right, we're going to do this and this is how we're going to play, then I think it's hard to have, you know, long-term success or be competitive. And especially with ever since LeBron's first year in Miami, it's all been about signing free agents that cater to his style of play. And since then, yeah, it's had success at times. And it's been you're not making the playoffs or you get bounced in the first round or you get bounced in the Western Conference Finals. Like, it's never been because it's such a ritz and repeat thing. There's no development within the team. There's no commitment to growth. It's just win now, right now. And if you don't, then we'll just try to win now, right now. We'll, the next we'll trade year. your ass. Yeah, we'll trade you. Um and to that, it's it's you can see it around the league too. It's yeah. the Lakers don't have. Whenever games get close, we don't have anybody who can consistently we can go to to get a bucket. Like we, when you look at Denver this year, you can say they go to Jokic or Jamal Murray and they get a bucket when they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, even the Heat to a lesser degree, like they'll go through Jimmy Butler and he'll get a bucket or he'll get somebody a wide open shot. Mm-hmm. The Lakers don't have that where whenever it's a close game, that someone that you know, like you mentioned, Rui had a really good uh, game. Uh, in fourth quarter to to win a game, one game. Lonnie Walker did the same thing against Golden State. Austin Reeves against Memphis down the stretch. Those are what we need from our stars. It's the same thing with Boston. They don't have those games where they're just like, oh, yeah, we're him. Or like constantly, you have one game, Tatum will come out and close a game, and then the next two, he won't. Same thing with J- uh, with Jalen Brown. They don't have that. It's, it was similar to a young KD and Russell Westbrook where – you didn't have the consistency closing games and, mm-hmm. and whatnot, but that's what I'm saying is though, when you have players like a Jokic and, and things like that, when you have a player like Jokic, who's consistently doing it, I think that it's time for all of NBA fans, regardless of who you're a fan of, to be able to look at it and say, no longer is Anthony Davis looked at as a top five or a top 10 player in the league. And he's no. definitely not the best big man in the league anymore it has came and passed him you can throw Jokic at the top you can throw Joel Embiid below him and then after that even if you want to consider Giannis a big man you can he's better than AD and it's it's as simple as that like I I don't mean to sound like AD is ass because he's not but I know AD is more of a PER or stat or analytic guy he's not a guy that is going to be looked at as an all-time great as far as not his talent his talent is but i'm talking about his performances besides the bubble how many all-time great performances can you look at from anthony davis in clutch time or crunch situations and say that is similar to what Jokic is doing right now or what Giannis did in the uh the playoffs a couple years ago when he won his finals and Uh and that Anthony Davis, again, I, I don't mean to mention outside just the bubble, but again, Jokic has been doing this for the last three years. 
Yeah. He he had Jamal Murray hurt last year. That's why they were bounced last year. He ran into a really good, really hot, really like good in all areas Laker team mm-hmm. and a really great Anthony Davis at that time. But other than that, he's been the I'm talking about not not trying to talk more about over a career, but I'm talking about right the here and now. Who would I pick? I would not pick Anthony Davis in my top two. No. And especially because the Jokic development, you got to think of how he came into the league and he was passing the ball to fucking Kenneth Fareed. And hey, man, leave Manimal alone. And Andre Iguodala, uh, old Andre Iguodala. Like when he was, they, he was fat as yeah, shit, and he was getting his minutes cut because you have you remember they had Nurkic too. Yeah. Yeah, and a, a good thing, I mean, because we always looked at Denver, like when the, after Melo left and they had like a bad year, they've made the playoffs pretty consistently, but it was all about when are they going to put it together. You know, they could get there. They've been a top three seed for several years now, but, man, that youth is, you know, you don't know about their youth and how, how they're going to make deep runs. Like, they got a great team. They're well put together. They just haven't all came together yet. And yeah. this year, they 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 just look have. <laughs> yeah, they just look and, too good. And to to like put the bow on this, I don't know if you've seen it, but our or the new CBA that's coming out, it's going to make it harder. I say it's it's it is going to make it very hard to have three stars, three superstars in, in on your team at one time. So honestly, the Nuggets, the style that the Nuggets have, that's probably what we'll start having to see to make pushes. We There won't be any more of the big three, LeBron, D-Wade, Chris Bosh, or Kyrie and Kevin Love, or KD, James Harden, and Kyrie because of the restraints and the salary cap and things like that. So um, I think it's we're getting back to the point in the NBA where it's going to be more about growth and development and yeah. to stop seeing this turnover of teams like what you have with front offices trying to appease LeBron for so long. Yeah. So you will start to see teams sign and develop team players. And then obviously you'll still see free agents being signed, but the turnover of teams won't be as crazy as we've been seeing the last 10 years. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing too, because if, if you look at the era, the post Jordan era, those teams were developed. Not a lot of big name free agents came to a team that was already successful to win. You got to look at the, the development of the Lakers slowly over free agency and Kobe developing and coming into his own. Um, the Spurs teams, you know, they were competing in the playoffs, but then they finally put it together in 2000. And then they, when the Lakers kind of blew up over some front office shit and, you know, some some issues that they were having with a couple of their players and the then you know the Pistons won and they were a team that developed in the east and looked really good and then they made it back and then they ran into the Spurs and the Spurs won you know that year and then the Mavs won and then the Spurs won again and it it was it was all about the teams were like you said they were developed over a long time and you would see more of those teams stick together so like you said the Spurs the Lakers even the Celtics, after they got their big three for about four or five years, they were always there. Uh, same yeah. thing with, like, you got to see teams, they would get old, and then they would try to, they would have to make a change. So, like, the Pistons, whenever Sheed and Chauncey and them got a little bit older, uh, you started to see some of that stuff. But it wasn't, honestly, until 
the D or the the LeBron to Miami that you started seeing the turnover of teams where teams were rebuilding from scratch almost every year and people were saying they were having to do that they had to do that to compete with the heat honestly because teams were building to set up to beat the heat the celtics were already there and they tried to kind of batten down the hatches but they were older the rest of the league had to the warriors honestly if you want to look at it they built they were built like an old school team they drafted and developed everyone they didn't the andre iguodala before KD, the best free agent that they probably had was Andre Iguodala. Yeah. And that signing was so low-key. But other than that, they had just a bunch of bench role players, but their top three guys were the guys that they drafted and developed. And that's yeah. what, you, like you said, that's what you used to see. Now, not to say that we didn't, like the Lakers did have help in free agency or in trade. Like they got Powell for Kobe. Um, they got Lamar Odom in the Shaq trade, but they had Lamar Odom for two or three years. They had Pal Gasol for five, six, seven years. They had Andrew Bynum from the draft. They were able to get these guys and keep them. Nowadays, like, for instance, my Lakers, if you look at the Lakers team from 2019 and then look at it from now, the turnover, I think the only person still on the team from the 19 season is Braun. It is, I think. Yeah, yeah. Wholeheartedly, it is Braun. Yeah, because yeah. we got 80 the next year. Then that was the bubble we won. Uh yeah, Michael Beasley was on that 2019 team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like the turnover rate every year. And then when you look at it right now, like we're trying to sign Austin Reeves and Rui Hachimura to long-term deals. But at the same time, bro, like we are like D'Lo might get traded. They're ever like, we're not probably not going to have Lonnie back. We're not going to have, we may not have Troy Brown. They're talking about moving uh, Mo Bamba and Malik Beasley. Like everyone is being talked about, discussed of, they're possibly going to be moved to make it better to win now, like you said, instead of talking about developing. The Lakers have a very good develop. Like if you look at Rui Hachimura in the little time that from when he got to Washington to working with Phil Handy, same thing with Austin Reeves working with Phil Handy. Yeah. He's got them so much better, but we are such a big turnover that we – yeah, it is what yeah. it is. But so, we are running – yeah, we're running out of time. The uh, damn the thing is gonna shut down in a, a a little bit. So, but I wanted to thank everybody that's listening and let you guys know. I we have a Twitter. I created it. Uh, I'm on it a little bit occasionally. Uh, give us a follow there. Um, tweet at us. Tweet some questions you want us to discuss uh, from week week in week out. Tell us what you like, what you don't like. Go. We're on Apple uh, Music, Spotify, all that good shit. So leave us a like leave us a review share us with your friends tell us to everyone and tell us what you want but isaiah man what you got to tell the people listening uh i just want to tell everybody that never forget how great the macho man randy savage was oh yeah that's all i got to end with i'm just all right (laughs) i was in my feelings today and i I just had to listen to a promo no that's gone yeah just the fact that he's gone, man. It's been like 12 years, but I'm good. I'm good now. Okay. I'm, hey, I feel I'm past you. it. <laughs> hey. What about you, Merlin? Uh, nothing. I'm about to go check out the Spider-Man movie, uh, Across the Spider-Verse. I'll probably let people know on the podcast next week if they haven't seen it, if I think they should go see it or not. But other than that, we will talk to y'all next week. We are out. Peace.